In the mid-1800s, Great Britain started letting British North America become increasingly independent. They stopped putting their effort into their growing military and started dealing with trade a lot more, which left the colonies pretty much on their own. As a result, British North America started to rely on the U.S. for trade, so much so they signed a free trade agreement called the Reciprocity Agreement in 1854. This was important because it allowed British North America and the U.S. to use each other's water territories for fishing helped trade significantly. When the American Civil War broke out, British North America was worried the U.S. wouldn't renew the agreement since tensions were quite high. In an, in an attempt to annex British North America, the U.S. canceled the Reciprocity Agreement in 1866, right after the end of the American Civil War. Instead of annexing the British North America by trade, this action brought the colonies closer together. Also, because of tensions between USA and British North America, the colonies feared an impending U.S. invasion. And since Great Britain was unlikely to send military support, the safest option was Confederation. On September 1st, 1864, there was a conference held in the capital city of Prince Edward Island, Charlton. Originally, the conference was meant to discuss just a maritime union, since there were delegates from other colonies, they ended up discussing a much larger confederation of the Canadian colonies and the Maritimes. The conferences lasted all the way until September 9th, nine days later. Although the foundation of the confederation had been set, there were a lot more logistical issues to be solved. So, to deal with these problems, the Quebec Conference was organized. From October 10th to 27th, delegates from all the provinces, along with two bystanders from Newfoundland, worked out the 72 resolutions. These included the addition of a powerful centralized government like the U.S., responsible government for each of the provinces, and their breakaway from Great Britain, although they would still want to keep ties with them. These ideas led to the London Conference. On December 4, 1866, there was a large conference in London to discuss the final step toward Confederation. They discussed a dominion of Britain called Canada after many debates and meetings. Okay, I'd like to take a quick break, and I'll be back in a second. We are back. And now, we're going to talk about all the provinces and territories, and when they became part of Canada. So, you may be wondering, did all the provinces of Canada join in 1867, or did they join at different times? Well, the answer is no. They all joined at different times throughout the 19th and 20th century, for various reasons. The first provinces to join were Ontario, Quebec, Nova Scotia, and New Brunswick in 1867. These provinces were on the East Coast, so they are under the most British, British rule, and wanted to break away. Three years later, Manitoba and the Northwest Territories joined the Confederation. Since Manitoba was a part of Rupert's Land, when the Canadian government purchased Rupert's Land, Manitoba came into their possession with the Manitoba Act. When the Métis did not get the amount, amount of land they were promised, they started a rebellion led by Louis Riel. Since British Columbia needed to resolve a massive debt, they decided to join Canada a year later. 
like many other provinces, PEI, PEI sorry, joined due to financial problems exactly six years after Canada came into Confederation on July 1st, 1873. Yukon joined Canada in 1898 after they experienced a gold rush and being cut out of the Northwest Territories. Alberta and Saskatchewan joined Canada in 1905, also after being split from the Northwest Territories. In 1934, Newfoundland came into great debt after the economic depression. They decided to return to British partial rule until 1948, when they were given the option to either join Canada or become independent again. The province voted to join Canada in 1949. To date, the last province to join Canada was Nunavut, which came out of the Northwest Territories. So, in conclusion, almost all the provinces that joined Canada either joined because they were in massive financial debt, or they were just cut out of the Northwest Territories. I think it's about time to move to important documents that led to and furthered Canadian Confederation. Okay, let's begin. One important document was the Treaty of Reciprocity, because when it was terminated, it forced Canada into Confederation. The British North America Act was the most important act towards Confederation. It allowed Canada to be, Canada to be a self-governing Dominion of Britain. We now deal with all its problems domestically, although all new laws and bills had to be passed by the British Parliament. It wasn't until 1982 that Canada became a fully independent Dominion of Britain. In 1982, the Canada Act was passed, which allowed Canada to change its constitution without British approval. It also led to the Charter of Rights and Freedom, which protects Canada's democracy and citizens' rights. Uh, I feel like it's about time to get a breather. I'll be back after the break. Before we can go any further, I'd like to give a big thanks to today's sponsor that made this podcast happen. Today's sponsor is Logan's Dog Walking. Logan's Dog Walking is a business based out of Port Moody, completely run by my good friend Leather. This really couldn't have happened without him. So, let's get back into the podcast to talk about Canada's culture and dark past. Now, despite nationalism having quite a negative connotation in most countries like the US, being related to xenophobia, white supremacy, and racism, in Canada, most people think it's a much more positive thing. Due to Canada's very diverse background, Nationalism, usually the idea of independence, seems to give a sense of multiculturalism. It was fueled after, after the First World War and Canada's victory at Vimy Ridge. After the Second World War, the word nationalism was kind of tainted with the rise of the Nazi Party. Since the US and Canada were close allies during the war, many Canadians were worried we would be absorbed by US culture. Sadly, it had happened to some extent during the Cold War with the U.S. attempts to spread their culture over Russia. Part of Canada's identity is the absence of mainstream ideas and beliefs because the norm is usually being different rather than the same. Despite being quite a dark topic, one of the most important things to learn about in Confederation is all the people that weren't thought of. I'm mainly thinking of the indigenous people of Canada who didn't have a say in Canadian Confederation. Ever since the first colonization of North America, 
settlers, and indigenous people coincide with each other peacefully. And for the most part, indigenous people could keep their land. Although, when Canada was first recognized as a country, the land was considered ours, even though it wasn't. These days, many First Nation tribes and groups no longer exist, not to mention nearly 15 indigenous languages are at risk of becoming extinct. Canada did a terrible job at preserving indigenous culture and letting them keep their land. The Métis people were also neglected during the Confederation of Canada, when Manitoba became part of it. Since the Métis weren't told of the purchase of Manitoba by Canada, Louis Riel led the Red River Rebellion. The rebellion was recognized by Ottawa and led to Manitoba officially joining Canada. Ottawa agreed to fund the new government. They also promised the Métis with 1.4 million acres of land, along with their proper land rights, and they gave Manitoba four seats in Parliament. When Ottawa failed to grant the Métis with their proper land rights, there was yet another rebellion called the Northwest Rebellion. Sadly, in 1885, Louis Riel was executed for treason. He died as a radical reformer. This concludes Canadian History Podcast number one. Thanks for listening. Thanks again to Logan's Dog Walking for sponsoring this podcast. If you join us next week, we'll be going deeper and darker into Canadian history and be talking about residential schools. Thanks and goodbye.